Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Royalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are happy to be in the presence of God? Wow, that's powerful. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Close your eyes. Just pray for a second. Just ask God to speak to you. We've all gathered here not to hear a man, but we've gathered to hear God speak to us. I've also come to hear God speak to me. So, I want it to be your prayer this morning and say, God, what you have prepared for me, speak it to me. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe this is where you come to church. Maybe you just decided to come. Ask God to speak to you. Because it's of no use to come into the presence of God without God himself speaking to you. So, in your own way, whichever way you know how to, just tell God, in this 20 minutes, 30 minutes that we are about to hear your word, please speak to me personally. Let me not leave this place without hearing from you in the name of Jesus. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us, O God. Speak to us, O God. Speak to everyone under the sound of my voice. First of all, speak to me. Speak to me. I want a word from you to leave this place with, to go home with a word from you in my heart that I may know which way I should go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place in a special way. Let your will be done. Control everything. Control everyone. Use me to your glory. I surrender every part of me to you. Use me. Let every glory be ascribed to you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. Use me to your glory, Holy Spirit. Use every single part of me to declare your truth. I pray for them that hear me, Lord. Let them be blessed. Let them be nourished. Let them be energized. Them that are weak, let them be strengthened. Them that are discouraged, let them be encouraged. Let everyone receive a word this morning to go home with and to run with. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together one more time for God. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are here for the first time? Today is your very first time. Somebody invited you and you came. Please give me a wave. It's your first time. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Put your hands together for them. We are so happy you responded to our invitation. God bless you for coming. All right. Those of you who have also been here all the time, God bless you for coming anyway. Wow. Well, this morning for a short time, I want to share with you the word of God. And my prayer is that God will speak to you. Amen. I said God will speak to you. We've been speaking about how to become a strong Christian. 
I still have two empty spaces here. If there's anybody, you can sack those at the back. Maxwell and Co. Come, come sit here so that somebody comes in. You can't hear. Okay. Sean, Sean and Andy, so I come. I have these two, girl, two, these two guys visiting us from Peter Marisbeck. They came with me. This is Andy Swa. This is Sean. All right. Good. Powerful. Powerful means that what? It's full of power. Is that not so? Good. What was I saying? I was saying that we've been talking on the subject how to become a strong Christian. Amen. And I said that anything you are doing, it's important that you be strong in it. Because you only do well in the things that you are strong in. If you are not strong in anything, you are not likely to get the best result from it. Say, what what do you do, my dear? What's your name? Nelly. What do you do? I've met you before. You had a different hairstyle. Yeah, it's you. Now you have Lipondo. Anyway. What do you do? What do you study? Electrical engineering. So you do like physics, maths, and so on. You would realize that Nelly here will not do so well if she's not strong in mathematics. And many of us are not doing these courses because we are not strong in mathematics. As soon as you see numbers, your eye begins to spin like the cartoons. Somebody say amen. Do you get it? So because you are not strong in mathematics, you would rather do literature, human resource management, some of these lazy Hey, these courses. No, I didn't say that. Some of these courses. Because when you see numbers, you see, when you are in like grade 8, you deal with numbers. Like my son is doing mathematics in school. They are just dealing with numbers. But when you get to grade 10, grade 11, you stop. You are doing mathematics, but you are doing the mathematics in English. If you understand what I mean. Now you are using X, Y, you don't know, is it maths or it's English? Do you get it? And every time, Jody, is that you? Wow, amazing. Wow, there are spies from Marysburg here. (laughs) Have they sent you to come and take me back? Okay, good, 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 good. Now, what was I saying? You begin to ask yourself, is this mathematics? Every day they say, find X. Find X. You might as well take an X with you to the exam room. Because by all means, they will ask you to find X. Now, if you are not strong in mathematics, you will realize that you will not really go far. And a lot of poor people you see around, don't tell them I told you. They were not strong in mathematics. Yeah, that's how come they didn't do certain courses. And therefore, ended up in certain salary brackets. I see you being strong in what you are doing. And one of the things to be strong in is to be a strong Christian. If you have decided to follow God and to be in the church, you have to be strong in what you are doing. That's why I'm talking on the subject, how to become a strong Christian. And we read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 6, which told us that, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual wickedness and darkness in high places. So the Bible tells us that the, one of the reasons why we have to be strong if we will be Christians is that the fighters, our opponents in our battle as Christians is not flesh and blood. I mean, if I had a fight and this is my opponent, come sweetie, what's your name? Kali. Good. Can you? No problem. If this is my opponent, I mean, I would knock her out in one blow. Unless she's colored, because colors are very strong. You see them small, but Charlie, a colored can surprise you now, you'll be surprised. Uh-huh. Do you get it? I mean, not Jody. I mean, unless she's a colored, hey. Look, a colored girl came to visit me from England. She took a taxi from Durban to Peter Marisbeck. You have come from England. Yeah, she, she, she came to Durban. She said she was coming to visit me in Marisbeck. She took a taxi from here. Colored girl. Taxi. I asked, are you not afraid of them? She said, oh, what are they going to do? <laughs> Colored are wild, though. It's like they take the wild black... Said, hey, stand there, my opponent. They take the wild black people and they take the wild white people and they put it together. Then you get colored. <laughs> yeah. But if this is my opponent, just one blow, bam, I'm finished with it. But the Bible says that the people we are fighting against, number one, they are principalities. Number two, they are powers. They are, they are rulers in the darkness. And then number four, they are spiritual wickedness. Now, these opponents, they are not tiny like this. Hey, Pastor, I don't know what these four things are. It even tells you that this opponent is a wild opponent. An opponent you don't know. Yeah. A principality is a force that dominates an area. It's an evil force or a force that dominates an area. I can't explain all that. You can just go to the podcast and get all these things. So the Bible says, because these are our enemies, we have to be strong. The people we are fighting, they are not easy. So we have to be strong. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says, Wherefore, put on the whole armor of God, that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13 says, So that you are able to stand in the evil day. There's an evil day that comes to test everybody. That's why even in school, there's a day that you write examination. Yeah. There's a day that you write exams. You have gone to school, gone to lectures. So, uh, and then when I go to school, it's very nice. And yes, all of it will be tested one day. There's a season. They let you write exams to prove if you really understood what the lecturer was saying. In life, it's like that. Times come where you have to prove that you're a real Christian. So it says when you are strong, you are able to stand in that day. Who therefore is a strong Christian? That's what we are explaining. The first time we explain that a strong Christian is somebody who has a deeper Christian life. Today I'm going to something else. A strong Christian is somebody who is steadfast. To become a strong Christian means to become a steadfast Christian. Somebody say amen. amen. To become a steadfast Christian. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. the Bible tells us that therefore finally my beloved brethren, be steadfast unmovable 
Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor of love is not in vain. So Paul has written so many things to the church of Corinth. And he's concluding with them. If you saw from the first scripture we read, it also starts with finally. So it's like having said everything, we are rounding up or we are summing up everything we are saying into a conclusion. He says, finally, be strong. These people also, he said to them, finally, be steadfast. Finally, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable. To be a strong Christian means to be a Christian who is steadfast. I will explain to you as we go on. Who is a steadfast Christian? A steadfast Christian or what does it even, let me start by explaining to you what it means to be steadfast. To be steadfast, the term steadfast is an old navy term. It's a term that is derived from the navy. Alright? That is being brought into the English dictionary. Now, what does it mean? It means two things. Number one, it means to stay on track. And number two, it means the ability to come back on track. Alright? Number one, it means what? And number two, it means what? To stay on track and then to come back on track. Hallelujah. Now, you see the navy with the, the ship. How many of you have seen a ship before? If not, after just take a stroll down here, you see one. The ship, as somebody said to me once, walks on the sea. Okay. Now, you will see that on the sea, there are no road markings. How many of you have seen what I'm talking about? You see here, it's a four lane or three lanes. They are all marked. So when you go into somebody's lane, you know you are off your lane. But on the sea, there are no markings. I mean, our brother here is a naval officer. He may be able to tell us more. Are there markings on the sea? Are there lights to show you where to go? And It's just open. Do you get it? Now, for a ship to successfully get to its destination, it has to go on a certain course. So let's say the ship takes off from Durban. It is going to Maputo, Mozambique. It has to stay on it, or it's going to Madagascar by reason of interest. It's going to Madagascar. It has to stay on a certain line. Now, the line that it is it's supposed to stay on has no markings. So how do they know? How are they able to go? It's through steadfastness. So they try to stay on a certain course. If it's a straight line to where they are going, they are trying to stay on a straight line. So they keep the straight line and they keep going, keep going, and then hopefully they will arrive at where they are going. Now, seeing that there are no markings on the road, how do you know whether you are going off? They don't know. So the ability to go also from time to time, they go. Even we who drive, when we are coming from Marysburg, the roads are aligned. Our lanes are lined up. But sometimes we go off our lane. Then we see that, we see that line say, hey! That's why even if you drive, you see they put some pegs on the lines. So when your tire passes on the peg, you hear a sound. Pa, pa. Then because of that sound, you, because sometimes you go off because you are sleeping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some, so, so even in the more dangerous places, they put something that makes a lot of noise. So as soon as you go, it's like a grid. As soon as you go on it, it makes a... Then you think your car is small. Then you wake up. Hey, 
Where was I? Then you come back on track. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So even we on the road that is marked, we go off and then we do our best to come back on track. So the ship also has that problem of I have to stay on track and they force to stay on track. That's the meaning of the word steadfast. If you are not a steadfast Christian, you go off, you will not even know how to come back. How to come back. I'm going to show you how to develop steadfastness. But let's still talk about the ship. The discussion of the ship is a little interesting. Now, why does the ship need to stay on course? Very simple. When a ship is traveling, one, it travels with a lot of people. It's not, it's not that the ship is going, there's just the captain and then his friend. That's a boat. I said, that's what? What you see in the soap operas and things, it's a boat. <clears throat> or in a movie, just it's a boat. A ship usually has crew, different Brother, tell us, who are the people who are usually just in show? Who are the people who are usually on the, on the ship when you are traveling? The captain... The executive, the executive, is it one person or it's a group of people? It's a panel. Are you listening? This is a naval officer. Ne? Good. A panel, a group of people. Good. Usually they are about how many? 20. About 20. So now we have 21. Those of you who don't like the maths, now it's a problem. Ne? Be, please be adding for me. Brother, what's your name? Nzokole. Nzokona. You tell me properly after church. Okay. Good. 20, Zocona, 21, ne? let's add. Then, who? Head, of sections, head of sections. How many sections do you have? Can be nine, sections. nine. So plus nine. Number of people in a section. On the average, how many people are in a section? So nine, nine times 20. Plus. <laughs> what you already have. If I've lost you, tell me so I can go to somebody else. Nani, <laughs> calculate for me, ne? Nine times 20, that's what, 180. Plus the, the head of sections, that's nine. 189. Plus the captain, 190. Plus the heads of the sessions. The executive. The executive, is, you say we are about 20... 210, good. Let's go on. After that, what do we have? That's it. Okay, good. So, 200 and what? 10 people on the ship. Then, of course, plus people who are trying to stow away. <laughs> people who have hidden in the ship and are trying to run away to another country. But since they are not recorded, we'll take it at 210. Now, this 210, they take enough water enough food, you'll be surprised. One of the places that you can really get thirsty is on top, on the sea. You see water, but you can't drink it. Yeah. They take enough water, enough food, everything. Now, if the ship goes off course, say the trip is supposed to last three days, they take food enough to last them, say, about four days. Now, if the ship goes off course, it will take, the, look, a ship doesn't move very fast. Though. It's not like a car. It moves, some of them, 60 kilometers an hour. When I'm driving and I'm traveling and the car is moving at 100 kilometers per hour, I start to sleep. I start to feel sleepy. 
Yeah, don't do this at home. When I'm driving and I'm feeling sleepy, one of the things is that I just speed up because it makes the adrenaline pump. So the fear of you are going to die makes me wake up. Now, don't do it without adult supervision. My pastor said that, please, you can easily go and meet God on that day. So imagine the ship, 60 kilometers per hour. So it's just going, tell your neighbor, now imagine it goes off course, which is to say it's not steadfast. Imagine it goes off course. It, it may take them about a whole day to realize that they've gone off course. Which means that they need another day or two to come back on course. I told you that they have food for what? Four days. The journey is supposed to take three days. Now, after day one, they are left with food for three days. Then they go off course for one day. They are left with food for how many days? Good. Then they use one day or two days to come back on course. So they are left with food for what? Their food is finished. Yet they have two days if they stay on course to get to their destination. Now, what are you going to do? Yeah. Two days you can think of fasting. Sometimes the journey is about three weeks. And they go off course. The longer the journey, the wider you can go off course. So you can imagine your food has finished and you still have two weeks to get to your destination. How many people will die from hunger? Some will die from suicide. So hungry, some of you can get so hungry, you pull out your hair. Yeah, some, some will say we are going scuba diving. Just in case we can get a fish to eat on the way. Out of hunger. Hallelujah. That's what is the same for a Christian. That's why the ship needs the ability to, as it were, when it goes off course, to come back on course. Because if you don't come on course quickly, what is happening is that you, you subject all these 210 people to death. The same way in your Christian life. From time to time, you will go off course. Sometimes you are in the church, you are happy, you are doing well. Then one day you come to church, a brother comes to sit by you. I mean, a type of brother you have not seen before. My God! Even his perfume alone. My God! My God! Ask yourself, hey, where did he come from? First National Bank. Yeah. How can we help you? <laughs> you ask yourself, God. Sometimes you're a brother. You are doing well in the church, speaking tongues. But then one day you they say laugh feast. Then a certain sister comes to the church. As she sits, it's almost like you can see into her skin. It's like her skin color. Some has not come before. Yeah. When you look at her skin, you don't need an x-ray. It's like, wow. My God. God is very good. Clap for God. Please clap for God. Clap for God. From that day, you can't concentrate on your Christian life again. Then you go, of course. When you go off course and you realize that you have gone off course, if you are not a strong Christian, 
what it means is that you have not developed the skill of steadfastness. So you don't have the ability to say, hey, I'm at the wrong place. It's time to push to come to the right place. It's time to push. That's why we need to be steadfast. That's why actually a strong Christian is defined by your level of steadfastness. By your level of steadfastness. By how steadfast you are. So for the next week, I'll be talking to you about how to develop a steadfast Christian life. How to. I've told you, I don't want to teach you anything without teaching you how to. Because if I tell you the thing, you have knowledge. But the how to tells you what you need to do. Let me give you one today and then we go home with that. Develop becoming or develop steadfastness by not loving the world. By not loving the world. I will explain to you. By not loving the world. Now, the way life is, what do I mean by the world? Your, your, there's a competition for your love. God and the world. Simple. That's it. God and the world. We will define the world. I'm coming to the world. Okay. I'm a very good teacher. Clap for me. Clap for me. We will define the world. But let's start with what it is. There's always a competition for your heart, for your attention. And there are two main people who are competing for your attention. One is God, the one who created you. And the second one is put in a big envelope called the world. Okay? Now, God, we all know God. God, God. That's Mr. God. You know God, ne? That's God. The world. The world is the rest of us. Sometimes the world can present itself in money. Do you get it? Sometimes the world can present itself in a girl. Sometimes the world can present itself in a car. Sometimes the world can present itself in a guy. Sometimes the world can present itself in an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, when I was in school, I wanted to be an investment banker on Wall Street. That That was my dream for life. To be an investment banker on Wall Street, New York. Yeah, I, I started to even do things that I need to do. Get this social security, all these things in America. I got, I got almost everything. That was my plan. I just do masters in money and banking. And then when I finish, I'll tell people how to invest their money. That was my dream. But to serve God, I had to give it up. Say, you know something? It's nice. I mean, imagine a nice man like me. You walk into my office in a corner office on the 42nd floor. On the streets of New York. On Wall Street, New York. I mean, you yourself, when you walk into the glass office, not this type of iron brick. No, no, no. Glass. Glass office. Corner office. I'm sitting there with my swagger and all. And then you walk into the office. You see on the door, D. Halley. Yeah, when you come, you see the name. I'll tell you, my name is the one on the door. Just by seeing my name on the door, $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. 
$2,000. Just my name on the door. 24,000 rands. Just my name on the door. And then you walk into the office. If you drink a cup of coffee, $100. Yeah. You would think they are all gifts, but you pay for all of them. Then we start to talk. I bill you $4,000 for consultancy fee. Yeah. Hey. Doesn't it look very nice? It looks very nice, very attractive. Sure. But when I decided that it's time to serve God, I said, look, I pack all of it. I said, stay in one corner. I'm going to serve God. So sometimes some of us, an opportunity. By the time you realize you love the opportunity more than you love God. And then you have gone to the opportunity. So if you just a relationship. Now, pastor, are you saying that God doesn't want us to have a relationship? Or he doesn't want us to have a good job? Or he doesn't want us to have a, a this and a that? Or he does, God doesn't want me to have a car. You see, because you don't have a car, that's why you, you too. You, I don't actually remember the last time I picked a taxi. Yeah. Look, one day my children told me, Daddy, we want to do something. I said, what do you want to do? He said, we want to pick a taxi. I said, taxi to where? They said, oh no, we, want, we see that people pick a taxi, they are happy. We want to pick a taxi. Yeah. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll make it happen. So I got somebody from church. I said, pick a taxi with these guys to wherever they say they are going. So they went to, uh, to join the taxi, then they picked the taxi, and I was driving behind them. <laughs> when they came, I said, okay, have you, did you get what you were looking for? Get into the car and let's go back home. That's all. Yeah, that's all. But that's not it. It's actually my love for God that has given me what I have. So it's not like God doesn't want to, God doesn't want me to have a relationship. God doesn't want me to have this. God doesn't want no 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 no. God wants you to have them, but God wants you to love Him. Yeah, have a nice car, but love God. I mean, I get to church Sunday morning. I said, I look at all the cars on the car park. I said, this is the one I'm taking to Deban today. I said, whose car is this? Go and collect the key and come and give it to me. I'll be standing at the car park. They bring me the key. I spark the car. Whether there's fuel, there's fuel, no fuel. That's not what I'm thinking. I just enter the car. So I zoom. I drive to Deba. That's how I come to Deba with a different car almost every time. It's whose car is closer to me. When I stand there, I, today I feel like BM, I feel like speeding on the road. So BMW. <laughs> Hallelujah. God wants you to have all these things. But God wants you to love him. I'll give you the reason and then we close. God wants you to have what? All these things. But God wants you to love him. Do you know the reason why? I give you the reason. My brother with the plus, how are you doing? You okay? Good. The reason is simple. Anything you love, you gravitate towards it. John, first John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in. I think 215. Yeah. The love of the Father is not in. Anything you love, should I explain to you? Look at this girl. Come, please get up, okay? Her name is Aniki. Very beautiful. She can easily be Miss South Africa. Put your notebook down so that they can see all of you. Now, this girl, come, come, come. These people here can't see you. Come and stand here. 
Can you all see her? Look at this beautiful girl. Ne. Did you love your parents? You loved them, ne? Good. For many years, she was living in her parents' house. She loved her parents. She loved her siblings. Until she met this guy out of my way. Come, come, come. She met this guy. Come. She met this guy. You two come and stand here. Come and stand here. She met this guy. His name is Nelson. Yeah, this guy. Same WhatsApp. You see, their height is the same, everything. She met this guy. Okay. So, this, this girl, she still loves her. Do you still love your parents? Good. She still loves them. But because she fell in love with this guy. This, this guy. Oh. She said, give me your hand. She said, bye-bye, mommy. Bye-bye, daddy. I love you, brothers, sisters. I love all of you. But I love this guy also. So in the beginning, she will go and see this guy. Then she will come back home. Then she will go and see him. Then she will come back home. Then she will go and see him. Then she will come back home. Now, as the love was getting deeper and deeper and deeper, she said, you know, mommy, daddy, I love you, but <laughs> you know what? Now I'm going forever, never to come back. And then she went to be with this guy. Once a while, she goes to visit them, and then she comes back. Even when they said she should sleep over, she said, mm. That's how come they are together. It's not because she hates. So don't think that, oh, when I say loving the world, because next week I'll explain further. Loving the world means you hate God. No, you still love God. Just like this girl still loved her parents. But because of her love for this guy, she left her parents, who she has been with for years. When she was helpless, she was a baby, she couldn't, they helped her, she said, it's true, God bless you, but I'm going to this guy. And she left them and came to be with this guy. That's why God says that to be steadfast, you have to make sure that you don't love the world. Because what it will do is that you will eventually leave God and go and be with the world. In this case, that's God. That's you. And this is the world. Yeah. In, 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 in 2 Timothy 4, the Bible describes a guy called Demas. This is my final story. I close. Now, this guy Demas, he was with Paul. Happy and working with Paul. But the Bible says he fell in love with the world. He fell in love with who? The world. And when he fell in love with the world, in verse 10, Bible, Paul is writing a letter. He says, Demas has deserted me, or Demas has forsaken me, or Demas has left me. Why? Because he loved the present world. Put the scripture there for them. De- uh-huh, that's it. it says, Demas has left me, having loved this present world. 
and is departed unto Thessalonica. Yeah, maybe there were some parties going on in Thessalonica that he couldn't resist. You know, Thessalonica parties are like Deban parties. And it's like, my God, I got to go to this party. I got to go to this party. I got to go to this party. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go. Love God. Don't love anything else. It will make you steadfast. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. God bless you. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Lift your hands wherever you are. I want to pray just shortly. And pray for yourself. Next week, we will look at how to develop steadfastness. We have just looked at one, opening with one. But how to develop it on your way to becoming a strong Christian. I want you to pray for yourself wherever you are. Maybe even somebody invited you. Just pray. Say, God, help me to love you. 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 That I may not love anything else more than you. More than you. I will not love anyone else more than Some of you, small relationship you are in, you are so in love with the person that even God is a secondary person. It's time to love God more than the one you are in the relationship with. It's time to love God more than your husband. It's time to love God more than your wife. It's time to love God more than money. It's time to love God more than anything else that you know about. Pray for yourself. God is here to help all of us. He's here to help all of us. Father, thank you for everybody here. Thank you that every hand that is lifted up is receiving help from you. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we give you glory. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Farley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.